Hello, and welcome to the Mama Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Bent, back with another amazing episode with my guest, Miss Latoya Jane. Hi, Mama. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Um, As you know, this is something new that I'm venturing out into, and so I'm really intentional with who I ask to be on the show. And I mean, we've been connected socially for a long time. Mm-hmm. I actually feel like, because I grew up with Jana Shepherd, I actually mm-hmm. feel like I know you from childhood days, but I also feel like I'm a few years older than you. So I don't know, but through our social media content, I feel like I've gotten to know you over the years and I've watched you grow, hashtag. Um, <laughs> so I literally had to have you as one of my first guests. Um, and so I'm just excited for you to be here. So. Let's Thank get you. started. Thank you. Let's get started. I um, Let's start with letting the people know who is Latoya Jane? Latoya Jane is a quadruple threat. I am a singer, a rapper, an actress, and a dancer. And then mm. now I'm a motivational speaker. So um, I'm just a person that had a rough start to life in my beginning years. And then I changed it. And then now I'm just trying to inspire youth. So I was an ex-gang leader and mm-hmm. I try to inspire youths to just don't deal with youth violence, just use your talents and use me for an example of somebody that uses her aggression in a positive way and mm-hmm. just handle it out like that. Mm. So you said you used to be in a gang member. So what, what was that pivotal point that you decided that, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I need to do something different. Mm. Hmm. It, it was a combination of things. I remember when I came out of prison, I kind of got worse because prison is not a place that rehabilitates you. Mm-hmm. You kind of learn about other crimes and you could kind of get worse. And because of what I went through, I kind of got worse. But um, when I came out, my best friend was murdered and then my brother was shot 18 times after that. So I just got to the point, he survived, but I just got to the point where I was just so tired of always... Um, like in that being in that get back mentality that I just said, you know what, something has to change. And then mm-hmm. my friend from church came and he's like, Toya, you should go back to church because you always talk about it. So why don't you just, why don't you just go back to church and just, just go to college, like what you said you want to do. And then, yeah, I, I went to a program for ex, anybody that was involved in gangs or anything like that. And then I went off to college to be a social worker. And then they begged me to do motivational speaking because they're like, there's a command. You you, you, you gripe people when you speak. Mm-hmm. You know? so they're like, just do it. So at first I was very uncomfortable to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I started seeing how it inspires people, my inboxes, my DMs, I was just like, okay, you know what? Let me just continue to do it because it makes me feel good too. Yes, I love that. I love that. Using our our experience to impact others. I, I know that everyone here has an assignment on their lives. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the road starts a little rough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's why I asked, what was that pivotal point? Like, so something you experienced, something that just was kind of where you say the camel broke, camel broke its back and you're like, enough was enough. And so you, I'm excited that you decided to pour into yourself invest in yourself you know I'm a money girl so anything that we do for ourselves I consider that an investment 
You invested mm-hmm. yourself. You said you went to a a program that was for ex ex gang gang leaders. Is that like yeah, your community uh, college East or Metro something? East Metro Youth Services held it, and it was called the Violence Intervention Project. And it was for anybody that was involved in the gang life or whatever. So when I came along, I'm going to be honest, it was rough because I was really rough. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't like, like good was bad and bad was good. So I didn't like them always telling me I had potential. I'll make a good this. I'll make a good that. Because I was never mm-hmm. really told that in life. I was always told I was bad. Are you still behaving yourself? I was never told I was things like pretty and stuff like that. So I remember one time, like I really went like, I almost want to fight my supervisor and they didn't kick me out because they believed in me, mm-hmm. but it was only because he was trying to tell me that I had potential and stuff. Like I used to tell him just easy, just easy. I don't want to hear that, you know, like, and then like throughout that, I just walked into my, my, my purpose, which was becoming a social worker and a motivational speaker. Mm. Okay. So I want to go back to that childhood. You said you were never told you were pretty. No one really spoke life into you. So tell mm-hmm. us about your childhood. Like, how did you end up in the gang? Hmm. So my childhood was kind of rough because we lived in like the rougher parts of Toronto. So I grew up in Jamestown and Jane and Finch and school was very rough for me. So mm-hmm. school was where like um, our dad was in prison and it was in front of the paper and a lot of people knew and stuff, but the schools wasn't so supportive back then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I I was kind of, I was getting into fights and stuff like that. And then they would just always call my mom and make her come for me. And they, there wasn't, it's not set up. It wasn't set up how it is set up now, like with mm-hmm. social workers, right? you know, EYWs and people to assist. It was more like get out type of thing. And mm-hmm. I, I was suspended 26 times. I went to 16 different schools and I was expelled wow. four times. So I didn't really get the chance to like really, really learn. And then I was, I was labeled as bad from school. And then family mm-hmm. started to label me bad, but then the streets started to like it. So I took mm. a liking to the streets. And then I, I like, I remember dealing with guns since I was like nine years old. So like I started to get involved. I, my first gang was when I was eight in Jamestown. It was by this little area in Jamestown called the cool cats. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started out everything. And, it, I, I had low self-esteem too because my teeth mm. was very buck and I never <laughs> felt like I was pretty so I just yeah I wasn't I wasn't trying to do anything good because I was already right. smothered so much bad whether people right. are saying bad things about me or whatever family members telling certain cousins not to hang around with me and I wasn't wow. really given a chance so I was just like okay fine let me just go to the bad side you know wow so on the contrary to that you didn't have anyone pouring into you now I know you pour into yourself on a daily basis. What are some of the things you do to fuel yourself? Well, first of all, I pray and I always share the scriptures with my son. So we start out our day before we go on social networks with praying mm-hmm. and just um, just meditating positive words over the day. Because I remember um, when my younger brother died, I remember I said something out loud because I had locked my keys in my car. Mm-hmm. And I said, today's going to be a bad day. And then it was the worst day. So I wow. try to speak positive words from the beginning of the day. Um, I do my little regimen with my baby. Like we watch his little songs and I do a little that. I make him laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's bonding time for us. And then, yeah, I just get into work, which is whether I have to return emails or 
connect with different DJs or connect with different like people that are booking me to speak or host or whatever. Like people mm -hmm. didn't even wait after I had the baby. They're like, yes, she had the baby. All right, she can't book again. You know, people are just ready. <laughs> okay, so you saw you said about words. You speak positive words, and I mean, you use words as a part of your career. How did that rapper, singer, entertainment role evolve in your life? How did you discover that you had those gifts? So my dad, when my dad was in prison, my dad used to always write for me. And he always used to like make me sing over songs that he wrote. And he taught me to DJ. Mm. And then when I was in prison, that's when I really, really took it seriously. And then I started to actually perform for the guards, the girls. And when I was in the hole for three months, I performed for the men. So like everybody in jail told me, when you come out, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. Mm -hmm. And then I won a poetry contest in prison that I had turned one of my raps into a limerick poem. And I won. It was in America. Mm -hmm. And I won from prison. So then I was just like, okay, you know what? Let me start doing this. And then um, I met like some awesome producers along the way, like mm -hmm. Soundsmith and different people that just really believed in me and said, okay, you know what, I'm going to push this girl. I'm going to push this girl. And then, yeah, I just, I just, I have a personality where I really mesh well with men. So like okay. people were just gravitating to work with me everywhere I went, like Jamaica, New York, like wherever. And yeah, here I am. Mm, so you're an international artist. Let's I am. Just, let's get that clear. You're from yeah. Jane of Fid, from Toronto, from Canada, but you are international. As I was just yeah. listening to your latest single, we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. But so, so the arts you dance. Um. Uh. How was there any any? So I know you made the decision to start, but was there anything that any pushback that you got throughout that journey that made you, you know, consider maybe not doing that and maybe going back to what you used to do. <laughs> Like back to the gang life type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, definitely. So um, when my younger brother was murdered in 2012, I had just got baptized like couple, a few years before that. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you, like, I was straight as a whistle, like, and I was growing, 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 growing. The top organizations in Canada was hiring me and I was just really, really good. But when he got murdered, it took me back because I was just mm -hmm. like, I thought he was going to be here to celebrate my mm -hmm. blessings in the music career and in, in my growth as well. And it was really, really, really hard for me to deal with. Like, I remember my mom said one day, you have to just push, you know, you have to pray until something happens and you have yes. to get over there. And I, was, I, I thought my mom was like selfish because I'm like, how could you say that? And it's your son that died. How could you tell me I have to get over it? But I did have to get over it because it was literally making me sick. I was bedridden mm -hmm. for like three months because if I couldn't retaliate and do what I was used to doing, right. I just tied myself to the bed. So that was like the really roughest time of my life to um, make the choice whether to go straight or go back. Mm, wow. Wow. The power of prayer. I, mean, I do remember when you got baptized and you stared on social. I was like, yeah. Welcome uh, to the kingdom. I think everybody was like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so you mentioned your mom. Um, how has your relationship with your mom evolved through your transitions? My mom's been a strong supporter in my music career. My mom and my dad. 
I think mm-hmm. I talk about my dad a little bit more. But my mom, the good thing about my mom, what I like is that she, as soon as I said I want to sing and I want to dance and stuff, she mm-hmm. poured into that. So I mm-hmm. started dancing professionally for Driftwood Kitty Center in 1989, taught by the best, Jay Blaze and Luther Brown. Come on now. And um, my mom pushed me, though, to go in that. She didn't say, no, you have to be a teacher, or you have to be a doctor. And that's mm-hmm. why I always tell parents now, if your child comes to you and they say they want to be something, just 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 push them in that area, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's going to happen regardless, you know? Right, right. And um, yeah, my mom, my mom's been supportive of my career. She has. Wonderful. Wonderful. Are we going to see any um, tracks with mommy on it? What's mommy going to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. She's probably going to like rap about being stush. She's a very stush. stush lady. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but that would be interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Let's well, see. That would yes. be interesting. Tell her I said that I want to see something like that because I love that I mean as a girl as a woman growing up in the projects you I mean a lot of us a lot of things were missing from our social social circle and to help us develop and you say you have your mom and your dad and so that's that was an anomaly not many children had that especially coming from the projects so I love that, you know, your mom has been there with you. Your dad has continued to support you and writing lyrics. And um, so that that speaks to, you know, the foundation that was set, even though you may have lost your way a little bit. Um, but now that you are here and you're inspiring others, I would be inspired to see you and mama do a song. Just saying. Just but what saying. I'd like to point out as well is that when you say mom and dad, my mom was here physically. My dad was in prison for like almost two decades. So mm. my, my dad still was here though for me like yeah. behind the scenes of everything like even just now with the baby when right. as the day that my dad found out I was pregnant well he said he knew because he said I, I kept spitting spitting <laughs> but even things like that my dad bought a pregnancy book and every single week my dad told me the changes that I would be going through so wow this week this week you're gonna be a little bit moody he's like this week I want you and your husband to write a letter and 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 to the baby so that the baby can read it when he's 18 like my dad every single week grew with me and the baby like it was oh, just that's amazing so yeah i always tell dads like don't make anything stop you from being a dad because my dad mm-hmm. was locked away in a different country so far from me but mm-hmm. still provided for us that's amazing that's amazing so you're a mom of course you kept talking about the baby but you have a big son you have a big son too so was your dad at the time you were raising him? Pardon me? Was your dad around when you were raising your older son? Nope. But I'll tell you this. As soon as my dad found out I was pregnant with him, he sent the money right away from his canteen to buy my, sub, my son's crib. And my dad, my, my dad has minded my son throughout everything to do with that too. Beautiful. So that's what I'm saying. Like my son, my dad was always involved in my life and growing up my children's lives. Mm, that's amazing. That's a blessing. That is definitely a blessing. I love that. And so talking about your children, um, any of them, well, the baby's the baby, but has your son, like, has he taken any initiative to follow in your footsteps and maybe doing your music or doing anything in the arts or anything like that? So <laughs> I was kind of considered a strict mom because like, I always kept my son close to me. Mm-hmm. Like, so I went to church, he went to church. I went to, I worked at housing. I got him a job in housing. Um, but mm. then in my music career, I hired him to be my photographer. 
So okay. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, he did social work for a bit and then he did my photography for a bit, but he's into construction. Okay. And he he's not really about, like, he's very shy. Ah, and my son okay. is very handsome too so he should be modeling too and I was trying to get him into it and he's just like no so he's like kind of the opposite of me I have no mm. chill sometimes with my mouth and he's <laughs> nothing like that he's just mm. like it I always tell him he's God's son he's not my son because he's too good to be my son oh <laughs> no you were handpicked for him you were handpicked trust me on that I know but he doesn't act like sometimes like um I could be silly and stuff like that like the baby has those traits of mine right now and I I, I look at my mom and I look, I'm like how do I want to deal with it now I understand what she went through because I'm so silly I've always been a silly person but now I see it in my baby and it's just like oh sometimes it irritates me because he's so <laughs> silly sometimes <laughs> that's amazing so tell me a little bit about the motivational speaking do you speak to particular audiences do you uh, like what do you how does that look like in terms so of I speak to I speak to youth mainly okay. I speak in schools I speak in churches and I speak in schools all around the world so mostly in Canada and Jamaica okay and um I recently started speaking to adults as well I was always kind of like timid like scared to speak in front of Christian women because I just felt like they're probably not going to understand me mm -hmm. but that's false because um last year when I was pregnant with my big belly I spoke on Mother's Day to a bunch of Christian women mm -hmm. and I was so shocked with how they received me like they came up to me after they were like this was so good like then some of them said I'm stronger than this, this one lady she said her son had gotten murdered and she said that I'm stronger for her and than her. And I wow. said, how? And she said, because I changed my life. So wow. that really inspired me. And it made me feel like, okay, I could speak to them. Now. I just felt like, you know, they might be judgmental to like, when I stand up and sit before them and say, you know, I go to church, I'm God fearing. And because of my tattoos and stuff, from my, my, my former gang life and stuff, it's like, I felt that they were going to judge me. And cause I'm kind of loud, you know what I mean? Like in terms mm -hmm. of everything my my henna my my nails my 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 hairstyles but they're they're just like no and then my pastor pastor judith james i love her so much she's mm -hmm. not judgmental so i guess anything that comes with her is not going to be judgmental so for sure yeah i i i, I want to go in that path now where i want to speak to mothers and grandmothers and other yes. caregivers because it's not just the youths it's like the household the whole ecosystem exactly yeah, yeah it's the whole entire and teachers I speak to teachers I speak to executive directors I spoke to police like they hire me for different things sometimes because I'm a female ex-gangster as opposed to like yes. so many male ex-gangsters right so right so what is what would you say is the greatest um impact that you speaking to other people and seeing you know the impact that you're your words, your speech, um, your story is making on your audience. Like, how has that helped you to move to your next levels? Mm, um, one time when I was speaking at a training for youth for summer jobs, a youth called me to the back. Mm -hmm. Usually youth call me and they'll say, can I have your social networks? I want to talk to you about something or whatever, and I'll give it to them. But he had his eyes watered and he started to tell me that the part about my dad that I spoke about 
touched him because his dad has never been there for him. And my dad's been there for me from prison. And then he kept peeping around and then he asked me to open my hands and I did that. And he gave me a bag of bullets. And he said that he had just thrown his gun away the day before, but he was still holding onto the bullets because he didn't know if he still wanted to leave or if he wanted to stay. And I was just appalled. I was just like, wow, I'm that impacting. I didn't think it was anything, you know, like what I was saying. It's just so natural for me to come and speak my story. And um, I had to actually meet with my mentor and I had to actually meet with an officer, not to give his information or anything like that, just to actually know how to go about situations like that, when that will be happening, like when Mm -hmm. people will be or whatever. Where can I use as a safe um, haven? And they explained that I could use my church. I could whatever, like, you know, because I'm not going to lie. I was proud. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, give me bullets. (laughs) What do you want me to do with this? What am I supposed to do with this right now, sir? (laughs) Like, you know, but I was just like, okay, it's this real. This is what I want because, you know, I'm an evangelist for the Lord. And I want the Lord to work through me as a vessel and help him mm. to win souls this way. So the fact that he did that, I was just like, okay, this is what's coming now, Toya. Like, it's not just going to be tears, you know, yeah. like I spoke a few months ago, I spoke and I didn't even tell them as much as I'm telling you right now. And mm. we had to stop the session because everybody was bawling and mainly wow. the, the photographer that came, like people that were hired to do things in that session. So like, it's a good thing. Cause I could impact that way. And that's yes. what I want to do. It's not for clout. It's not yes. for money. It's not for anything like that. It's just because God is using me to yes. do this, which I never used to understand, Shabbat. Yep. I used to cry. I used to ask him why. I always used to cry to him, why? Why? Mm. But now he tells he, he, he this is all why. You know what I'm saying? And then he, he, me being aligned with him, it just lets him bless me as well give me my blessing Come because on. even my baby at my age you know what i'm saying my forties for for me to have a baby and have just a natural pregnancy no nothing no bad happening in it it was just like a blessing you know what i'm saying yes as you said you know, 25 years later like what yeah yeah <laughs> and midwives it, are like are you dumb girl are you dumb like, get it girl <laughs> Withail said to me yes oh, over the weekend when we want assembly. I'm like, what? Like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? What is that? You never know. You never no. know. And then you no. know what's funny? They get jealous when they call because my son, he wasn't jealous, but he I don't know if it was kind of kind of because he just the whole pregnancy kept saying, Mom, this is just crazy. It's just crazy. I was like, What's crazy? You used to always beg me for a little brother. So what's crazy? He's like, I don't know, mom. It's just crazy. The reality of it, yes. That's a that's a big shift after twenty five years to now have a sibling. Yeah, that is an adjustment. That's one that Matthias was like, I'll, I'll I'll be okay sharing my toys. Mm, I'm just sure about that. But yeah, we can get you some more toys to occupy your time. How about that? <laughs> so as you're as you are um running your your it's a business, right? You being a rapper and entertainer, um, motivational speaker. That's that's a business, and this is the Mama Means Business Show. Um, I really started this to not only have conversations with powerful women like yourself, um, but it. I want to inspire other mothers to explore the opportunity to start a business. I truly mm-hmm. believe that um, through business, it gives you more financial 
control over your KPR, your, what you can earn and what you can do for your family. And I do understand that everybody is, you know, equipped to be a business owner, but there is definitely ways in which we can leverage our gifts and our talents to make additional income. How would you, um, or what could you say to someone who's listening, who knows that they have something that their gift that they're sitting on and needs to take that step or take that leap to launch their business so that they can be in control of their finances? Well, I'll tell you this, this is not the only thing that I do. I also have other businesses as well. So I have a cleaning business and mm-hmm. I have a, a clothing boutique business called Grow Girl. All right. So I started out with four outfits and it's because I seen somebody on their live that said that they started out with three tights mm. and this was during the pandemic. And I was like, okay, you know what? Let me see if I can do this, if I can um just start my own business and let me see if I could leverage everything like stock and everything let me see if I could do this and I I do it so mm-hmm. um I think it starts with thoughts and then maybe fear tries to grip you but mm-hmm. just go because I tell people from you see that vision in your head you're supposed to do it as long yeah. as it's positive you know you're supposed yeah. to do it because when I was even, even in prison and I used to see like a light and me on stage, but I never really knew what it meant. Like wow. I just, just like, okay. So I always fall back to that. I noticed even like at times when I've gotten mad or wanted to do something, like I always drew back to that. So mm-hmm. now the light and the stage is me speaking or it's me performing. Right. And then now also me doing the grow girl boutique and the cleaning services. It's like, I think we just got to push ourselves more because the thing about women, what I tell them is, okay, you know what hairstyle you're getting on Saturday? Are you going to the hairdresser? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what hairstyle you're getting on Saturday, but you don't know what you're going to do in life. So yeah. how does that work? You know what I'm saying? Like you have to know what you're going to do in life. You know, when you wake up, you're going to brush your teeth, right? You know, yeah. you're going to wash your face. You know, you're going to go make breakfast, right? So those are the mm-hmm. same steps that you have to take in terms of starting your own business. Yeah. You know? So even you, I remember when you wanted to start doing all this stuff and just to see you do it, you can, they have to use the people that they see in front of them as examples and just why. So, so when people say to me, oh my gosh, I love seeing you grow. I love, I go, let's grow together. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And then I just tap into the thing and I had to tell a young girl the other day, you're pretty, but you're not doing nothing with yourself. Like Mm -hmm. you have to push yourself. She's like, well, you know, I don't know. I want to do nails. And I said, so why can't you do it? I said, yeah. even if you start out small, Timo, Timo yeah. sells n- n- um, nail kits. So, There's so many if you could just buy, if you could buy that little $50 kit and start from there, I'll support you. You know, I'm an influencer and I'll have people come to you, but you, you gotta, you gotta, you can't just sit down and be like, oh, you know, that's so nice what Shaban's doing. I always wanted to do something. Do it too. We're, we're not yeah. just doing it to brag on you. We want no. all of us to come together. Cause remember we're the only ones that are going to help ourselves. That's Nobody it. doesn't really have to help our culture like that. So That's we got right. to help each other. Right. You got to take that step. No, I 100% agree with you. And and I think too, understanding that you may not get it right the first time. No. You no. Get it no. Right. no. But you won't know if it's not right if you don't start. Listen, it's part of the process. I was yeah. burned. I counted yesterday. I was burned seven times in this music wow. industry. And it wasn't for little amounts of money. And Mm -hmm. at one point, I'll tell you, this lady, it's always, 
the people that you would never expect, but it's part mm-hmm. of the process because right. you can't go strangle them after. You can't go <laughs> choke them. You have to just take it and know that it's going to make you smarter too because right. you have to trust yourself along the journey more than anybody else. You can't just be so desperate. And I think that was what I was doing at first. I was always, okay, let me pay this person, mm. let me pay this person and let me not give them a deposit. Let me give them the whole amount so that they can gain my trust. Like, no, I have yeah. to go by the principles. And that's the lessons that I had to learn. I got right. $10,000, $5,000. At one point I went and I started working in a factory so I could make back the money. And I didn't know anything about a factory. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've always been blessed with great jobs, government yeah. jobs, great jobs, you know, but I had to do what I had to do. And guess yeah. what? All of them in the factory, I may, I worked mainly with Indian people. They all became my, my, my audience. I used to have to sing for them when <laughs> we're chopping up the vegetables them. So it's just, you know, you live and you learn and there's a right. skill in everything that you do. So you have to just apply it. You can't just sit down right now and watch us. Yeah. I'd be like, hmm, you know, I always wanted to do something. And then, cause that's fear. Just, just, just have faith and just do it. This is it. And I don't know why this, I don't usually talk about mortgages here, but even just um, like with the housing market, I find that there's so many conversations that I have that people want to take that step and purchase home, but because of things that they see, they hear. And I'm just like, you have to be in control of your financial health. Like you have to make that decision for you, right? So let's figure out what works for you so that you can acquire the things that you you desire, right? Taking that chance on yourself based off of somebody else's opinion, they don't go hand in hand. You gotta do it for you, so thank it's you for and, and mm-hmm. it's, it's about having discipline too. And even in that, like, it took a lot of discipline for me to get to where I am now. Cause in order to be focused, you have to be disciplined. Yeah, it, It's not about the bag of friends. It's not about going and being everywhere and so accessible. And, and people would probably associate it to loneliness, but it's not. You gain so much. You gain peace. Yes. You know? It costs a lot for peace. And I never had peace in my life. I always had like ruckus and stuff. And I I, I experience peace now. You know what I mean? And I, I, I've i gained things that I always wanted in life. You know what I'm saying? I always mm-hmm. wanted to also, I always wanted to live in a nice area. I always wanted a husband. I always wanted another baby. So mm-hmm. like I gained all of those things now, just aligning myself like that. That's amazing. Love that. Love that. Love that. So you said you have other businesses. So where can people find um, Latoya Jane's products, services, if they wanted to hire you for a speaking engagement? Where can they locate you? Latoya Jane Music is my Instagram. And I'm on Twitter, Latoya Jane. I'm on Facebook, Latoya Jane. And Latoya Jane is just everywhere. Apple Music, Spotify. Anyway, YouTube. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I forgot one question. What's next for Latoya Jane? Lord. (laughs) So I'm working on extending my documentary because I put out my documentary and in three days I gained over 5,000 views and a lot of people took interest in it and just gave me a lot of advice of like, how to just improve it a little bit because it's really, really strong. It's talking mm-hmm. about how I changed and it's showing actual visuals. Some mm-hmm. of the people in there is dead now. Like um, it broke down generational curses because at one scene I have my grandmother, my mom speaking and I'm not sure if you see my grandmother, but she has um, dementia right now, but mm-hmm. then she was able to speak and break down some things. 
So I'm working on that. I'm going to write a book because yeah. like there's still a lot more that people don't know. And I feel like I'll only tell in my book. I always wanted a movie to be done on me because I always said, if I have a movie done on me, I'll show everything. Because mm-hmm. people always want to know more to me. And it's like, because you know, as much as I tell, I'm still kind of private. And um, sure. I was like, okay, fine. Like, I'll, I'll write a book, you know, and I'll I'll hopefully do a movie. Um, and yeah, that, that's that's the plans for now. And I'm, I'm going on tour. I'll be going on tour soon, but I'll announce that soon. And yeah, just going to still speak anywhere I go and mm-hmm. motivate people and do good music for people. Love it. Love it. Yes. Good music. Your latest single. Was it Rude Boy Love? Yes, Rude girl. Boy Love. With who? With who? <laughs> With Sean Kingston. Yes, girl. <laughs> How did you it. like it? I loved it because I'm, oh, I'm, I'm a reformed dancehall head, right? So, but I was listening to him, I was like, oh, Bobby, okay. Like, it's, 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 it's catchy. It's, it's child friendly. Right? I love it. I love it. Thank Congratulations. You. Shout out to, shout out to Vaughn. He's one of the composers on the song. Shout out to Sean Kingston. Shout out to Pop Avenue Records for making mm-hmm. that happen. My producers, my team. Like, we, I recorded that song when my baby was just a few weeks old. So uh, wow. it's really dear and special to me. Oh yeah. They called me and they were like, can you do this song? And I was just like, I just had a baby. <laughs> like, you know, and I didn't hear anything on the next end. Like, you know, when okay. your grandma tells you something, but then you try to answer her back and she's just quiet and gives you the look. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I have to go do this, but I had to do what I had to do. And I'm glad I did it. It's doing really yeah. well right now. So yeah so if you're listening to this please hop over to spotify apple amazon music and um listen to love rude boy love yes. rude boy love with my girl rude girl latoya jane <laughs> <laughs> yes. well thank you thank you thank you again um any any closing words any any final thoughts that you want to leave with the listeners who you know are maybe have had a poor, a a rough upbringing or transitioning or trying to leave legacy for their children. Any final word that you can inspire mamas with? I'll inspire the people around them to give them a chance. And this is Mm -hmm. what I said at um, an event that I hosted on the weekend. Mm -hmm. I gave homage to housing, Toronto Community Housing and Tropicana. Those were the two first organizations that hired me as soon as I came off the streets. Mm. And I was very rough. Like they even used to tell me, how come you walk so hard in your heels? I was really hard, but they gave me a chance. You know what I'm saying? Like there was times when I've kicked off with like coworkers that were like high, not low. Mm -hmm. And they, they were just like, just give her a chance. And so I, I, I focus on those people because I remember when I was younger and there was people that just kept putting their mouth on me, kept putting their mouth on me. And I felt like it did for me. It helped form me to where I was going, which was down. Because mm-hmm. you have to give people a chance and you have to speak life over their life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Understand? You're not the decision maker. You're not the one that created them. You don't know their purpose and where they're supposed to go. But you That's can right. cut off their purpose when you make them feel like they can't come to you because you chat too much or you mm-hmm. make them feel like, 
their suicidal spill, their secrets and stuff like that. Like a lot of it has to do with that too, man. Yeah. Just gossip. You should make people feel like they could be able to come to you and come to in, like, you know, just, just, just try to speak to you and, 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 and trust you with whatever they're going through and help guide them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with that. Yes. So I feel like, yeah, just please just give somebody a chance. If you see somebody that you're not understanding to, or they're coming off like rough or whatever, they're probably going through something. They probably don't right. have a meal. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So just please just give somebody a chance and watch them grow after that. Watch them grow your hashtag. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Latoya. I'm going to let you get back to your, your boo-boos. Your boo-boos. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Mama Means Business podcast with my guest, Ms. Latoya Jane. Please be sure to listen out for all the great things that she's got coming. This lady is a powerhouse, and I'm so glad that I'm connected with her. All right, have a great day.